Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad Bakul, and join with me as always is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I mean, I've talked to you since the last time we recorded, but uh, it's been a while since we've been here. Uh, Appalachian Stan, he is not happy with us. He's sending Joe Biden gifts. I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm like, I mean, Joe Biden, that's a quality gift, but I'm like, come on. We need somebody better than Joe Biden. <laughs> if you're comparing us to Joe Biden, sir, I don't I don't know. No, what Joe Biden it. was looking in the gift. I don't think he's comparing. It's Joe Biden looking. Oh, OK. See, I interpreted that wrong. Uh, all I know is I'm sitting in my office and I, I think you had told me, but I never looked. So I'm sitting in my office today doing what I do, which is work all the time and never goof off. Um, but uh, so I'm sitting there working. All of a sudden I hear because Keith is right next door to me. He's like, Andy, have you seen what Appalachian Stan said? And I was like, no, hold on. Let me look. And so then I get on the on the tweeter and uh, I look and I was like, that's pretty funny. It That's was. a good one. It was and then Keith's like, good, because I'm over here thinking the same thing. And I was like, look, we're recording tonight, dude. Like, He's been tired. I've been angry. It's been a rough season of life. I'm, I've got two funerals to do in this week. During this, It's already Thursday, and I've still got two funerals to do this week. And it's been it's been a it's been a month. My, my Braves lost, you know, moms, moms in rehab stroked out and uh, evidently, I have to stop joking about that, but I just have to remind people that, like, look, uh, I, the dark humor gets me through things. But uh, in between mom and then, you know, I was upset anyway, and then the Braves lost, and I was like, ah. And then my Giants are just hot garbage this year. But at this point, let's be honest. Would I love to see a Texas-Arizona World Series with all that I am right now, with all that I am. But let's say I don't. People ask me, Andy, you're a baseball purist. You can't root for the Astros, right? Who asked you, you this? The, oh, I've got like four or five people that have asked me this. Did I live in your head? Well, at least one of them does. Um, no. Um, because I, I, I talk to other people besides you. I know that's a shocker. <clears throat> but they're like, you know, you're, you're a baseball purist. You can't root for Houston. And at this point, I'm like, if Houston makes the World Series and they're playing Philadelphia, absolutely I'm rooting for Houston. My mantra for this postseason is anyone but Philly. You can call me a jaded, bitter Braves fan. But my dude, I grew up in the 90s. I know about hurt feelings and being jaded when you make every freaking World Series and you lose them all but one. It's like the Michael Scott gif every baseball season. You know you're going to get hurt. And you're like, well, here I am, ready to get hurt again. But anyway, I digress. Chad, how are you? I'm doing okay. So I got to ask you a question. Is it about Taylor Swift? No, I have, I I have no thoughts, knowledge, ideas, or anything about Taylor Swift. I'm just sick of of thoughts. I'm just sick of 
turning on the news and that's all they talk about. Like, is Taylor Swift going to be at the Broncos game? I'm like, why would she? Unless she's they're playing the Chiefs. I don't know. But have you seen this Derek Jeter Jeep Grand Wagoneer commercial? No. It's a lot. It plays a lot when I'm watching, well, the Rangers playoff games. So maybe it's on certain channels. So it's this commercial that Derek, G, Derek Jeter does for Jeep. And it's a, that huge Grand Wagoneer, the, like super expensive, pretty nice vehicle. So it's like it opens up. It's at a he's at a, you know, a charter plane, like private airport. And the plane's grounded because the weather's so bad. And his wife and I and I had to look this up because I've become obsessed with this commercial. It's his real wife. And she's watching a weather report. And there's some song that plays in the background. I just drive all night. So I'm supposed to believe that Derek Jeter can't get on this private plane. So he puts his bags in his car. But he has to drive all night to get home. And I'm like, so where was he? That he's so far away that he drove so far away to a private airport. I mean, he's Derek Jeter. Wouldn't he be taking helicopters and stuff? But the thing that gets me is he's driving through the rain and then it stops raining. And he's like, he's in the woods and there's a wolf that crosses the path of his vehicle. And I'm like, doesn't he live in Florida? Like, where are there woods with wolves in Florida? Like, it's just drives me nuts, this commercial. And I really was hoping you saw it so we could discuss why Derek Jeter's driving all night and not paying somebody to drive him all night or figure it out some other way. So that's so, my current obsession is the Derek Jeter cheap commercial. Well, that, that went a total different direction that I was anticipating. If we're being blatantly honest, when you brought up Derek Jeter, I thought you were going to talk about how like big poppy burned him on uh, one of the pregames. Um, oh, I don't even know. I, I, I don't keep up on any of this stuff. No, I guess he was sitting there and he's an analyst and he's like, you know, it's never over. We were up three three games to one or three games to none and we lost the series. And of course he lost to the Red Sox that David Ortiz played on. And uh, Big Poppy looks at him and goes, oh, really? Did that happen? Who? And just trolled the crap out of him. Oh. I loved it. I loved no. every minute of it. It's this Derek Jeter but now, commercial is uh, driving me nuts because I want right, to know. So, uh, so next episode, that we're going to talk about that. It's your homework. Analyze when, the Derek Jeter Jeep Grand Wagoneer commercial. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I, look, I might do that tonight. And so speaking of commercials, we got breaking news. There is blacksmith apparel. Blacksmith Apparel. And let's listen we have to blacksmith you merchandise. <laughs> and we, we have blacksmith merchandise. And we have blacksmith apparel. Uh there is a bet going on that I'm gonna that I'm gonna mess that up. I've got a uh, but since, that says you muck it up. But since it's been said before me, I don't think I think all bets are off now. I think Chad loses. Um because I did not muck it up. No, there's time, but uh, there there is definitely time. But we have blacksmith a pearl. We got merchandise. We got all the knives and and the swords and the bottle openers. Uh, he probably doesn't have swords. I wish he had swords. I wish I had a sword. I'm sure he would make a sword. 
Anyway, he's got all the merch. And then now, boom, boom, apparel. And while I'm saying that, I almost did muck it up right there. <laughs> oh, you ever sit there and think one day, like, why did I meet that idiot? <laughs> and not only that, like, why is that idiot my best friend? See, that's when you're supposed to chime in there with something whimsical and fun. Like, oh, Andy, you're awesome. I don't know why you would say that. <laughs> but no, I hit my mute button so I can cough and not cough in your ear. And you just sit there and stare at me. Like I'm, I'm waiting to see if you're going to start talking about St. Gagano Armory. Or we're just going just gonna to say we got Blacksmith Apparel. And then that was it. That was it. That's all he gets today. Just Blacksmith Apparel and we're going to move on. <laughs> No, I've I've got a tickle in my throat, so I'm trying not to not to openly cough on everybody here. Give me a second. All right, let's talk about seeing Gagano, shall we? Now that we've now that I've completely mucked this segment up, here we go. St. Galgano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith apparel and some pretty stinking awesome blacksmith. I mucked it up. I owe you five bucks. Yes. I owe you five we, bucks. We knew we'd do it, Keith. We knew we'd Good do it. night, man. Man, I quit. I quit the podcast. Let's try this again. St. Gagano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise and some pretty sneaking awesome blacksmith apparel. They use traditional techniques to create a unique and stunning piece. Each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Gagano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount. And that is why, my friends, they use only the finest material and they take pride in their commitment to traditional craftsmanship. So why settle for generic mass-produced items when you can own something hand-forged and unique and portions of every sale go back into the community? So check them out at stgalganoarmory.etsy.com today. Browse your selection of handcrafted blacksmith merchandise and that apparel. I, golly. Look, right now, more than ever, I love you, Keith, just so you know, but right now, more than ever, this is a dumpster fire. I was so worried about coughing in someone's ear that I couldn't even do my spot right. It's it has, like I'm some chump has, off the street. It, it has nothing to do with oh, It most certainly does. I wasn't in it. It also doesn't help that in the background there's a Saints fan dressed up like Elvis screaming in the TV. Oh, football fans are weird. That being said, I am a football fan and, and coach, so... I need my phone to take a picture of you wearing a bald skullcap wig. That's right. That's right. Just getting ready for Halloween, my friends. Just getting ready for Reformation Day. It's the goods right there. I'm sure this will make the Twitter. Don't worry, guys. You'll see it. You will see it. Try it. So... I taught it at church last night. 
so on Wednesday nights, we uh, are going through the Psalms. Um, and I had the, the privilege of last night teaching Psalm 3. Um, and there was some some pivoting. There was some just blatant, like, let's move on. Um, but I, I am a fan of the Psalms. I think it's something that realistically we probably don't spend enough time in. Um, something I don't spend enough time in for sure. But uh, I know you're a fan of the Psalms. I know that, that you know, when you that you go through them, you know, at different points of the year. Um, a lot of pastors will go through them in the summer. Uh, but, uh, you know, we were talking as what to talk about. And what's, let's talk about a psalm here, Chad. Well, I was just saying, before we do talk about a psalm, I, I did gift you a Psalter when I was there. I, the gave what? You that, I gave you that Spurgeon book on psalms. You, you can read all the, You could read all the psalms. Oh, man, I forgot I had that. It's sitting right here, too. it! I could have used that. Look, Connor, if you're listening, and I'm sure you're not, but if by the grace of the good Lord you are, hook me up, man. Let me teach on another song. No, you're fired. Ah, You're fired because you didn't talk about the right topics last night. Uh, Well, look, you ain't ever seen a fat man pivot like I pivoted. (laughs) You should have just... You should have just told me because the things that your people were asking you to talk about, I was preaching on last night. So it would have worked out for you. I should have just live streamed. Look, I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I've been called a heretic before, and I've they've been wrong. So, what so was it? Are- what was it? Cy Robertson says, you know, I, I might be wrong. But I doubt it. So let's take a look at Psalm 133. Uh, it's a it's a small psalm. Um, in some some Bibles, it's got the little subtitle of something along the lines of like "Blessed Unity of the People of God." And this is a this is a Davidic psalm. This is one of David's psalms. Um, you want to go ahead and read it? You want me to read it? Why don't you go ahead and read it? Why don't I? Uh, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. All right. That's the show. That's it. All right. I'm glad you could be here for this dumpster fire. I mean, there's a lot, right? It's a... For such a short... For for such a short thing. Yeah. Yeah. For such a short psalm, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, first, you know... Verse one opens, right? It's it's a pretty powerful declaration, right? The how good and how pleasant it is for, or you know how how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony, right? Uh, in the New King James, it's behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Um, so unity, harmony, whatever it is, but David's setting. You know, he's setting the stage for something that's pretty remarkable. And it's, 
I, I think it's something we need to recognize. It's 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 important to recognize that the goodness and the pleasantness, right? It's not superficial. It's it's deep, um, and there is a deep abiding goodness that flows from unity. And that's something so, that I think that we miss in culture today is unity. Even amongst believers, there isn't as much unity as there should be. Well, and, and yeah, so just to hammer that nail a little more, Spurgeon goes out and he says... Uh, oh, you opened your book! No, this is this is another, another <laughs> quote. I'll, I, I'll open my book here in a second, but I already have this pulled up. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to cut some of this out because it's a longer quote, but it says uh, talking about the unity, you know, and how great it is. Uh, it's a wonder seldom seen, um, but it is worthy of admiration. Pause and gaze upon it. It will charm you in uh, into imitation. Therefore, note it well. Right. So this unity that David is speaking about is is very seldom seen because, um, well, just people in general, we fight, right? You look at what's, here we go. You ready for this? I'm about to do it. Uh, look at what's going over on over in Israel and in that area. It, it's just one fight after another, right? To make it a little more personal, um, the Baptist church and the Methodist church, well, we can't agree on a lot, so we can't have unity with them. The Presbyterian Church and the the Church of Christ can't can't have unity because we we don't agree with the same thing. Uh, you think we should fence the table this way, and others think the table shouldn't be fenced. Well, we can't we can't play ball with you. There's not a lot of unity, and generally the lack of unity is over petty stuff. I don't think fencing the table is petty. Okay. I, I, you know what I meant. <laughs> Me and you are on the same page in fencing the table. I think we we both know that. But, like, some of the stuff, like, oh, you know, you, you're a dunker. You're a, uh, uh, a rip and dip as far as communion goes. Also, yeah, that's, that's, you're, it, you're it, doing it wrong. Intinction's not biblical. Sip yeah, it. Don't sip it. Don't dip it. I hate you. I can't with you right now. So, but you, you rip and dip and we're, you know, we're a, a cracker and sip. Okay. We can't, uh, we, and, and so let's go back to COVID. Like we were taking communion. I was using, um, apple juice and animal crackers. Yeah, and evidently, no, evidently no. I was, I was wrong for that. Um, but you know, we still play ball, but like, there are people like f- weird, funny things that people that churches do. Fundamentalist, I wouldn't be the first one, <laughs> would not be the first one, not not this month, that's for sure, <laughs> probably not this week. Um, but you know, like, we we all have our, our, our hills that we're willing to die on, and I just think some of those hills aren't worth dying on. But, you know, I, I think something, I, I guess that to piggyback off of what you're saying, how we can't have unity, I piggy, uh, say something that, I'll talk about something that Spurgeon says about this psalm 
you know, since we'll, we'll stick with Spurgeon and uh, Spurgeon says that the closer to unity is the better because there'll be more good and pleasant things, but that because we're imperfect beings, some of the evil and the unpleasantness is definitely going to intrude, but this will be, according to Spurgeon, this will be readily neutralized and easily ejected by the true love of the saints if it really exists. And I think that's the key, right? That if it really exists. So if we really do have unity, the times when we fall, that that unity, right, that love and that unity would help kind of push the uh, imperfections and the unpleasantness out. But are you, know, reading some... the, are you reading the same book that you gave me? Yeah. Okay. I was like, man, that is the exact same thing that I just opened up to. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, then I'll find my own Spurgeon quotes. <laughs> I just looked at that when you're looking, but no, I think that's a valid point. Like, how do you do that today? Because it just seems like the unity, there's no, there's no common ground in the unity against believers. And, and I mean, we've, we've got sub tribes within tribes now. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we do. And I, I'm at a loss for words because I don't I don't know the answer to it. Um, it's definitely an issue, and it's one that that needs to be addressed. But I think until we can, so I, I was a part of a group of youth pastors, um, and I maybe maybe I misunderstood what you said. Um, so if I go on a rabbit hole that we shouldn't be going down, just listen, and then you can correct me in a minute. Um, but I was with a, a group of youth pastors, and not one of us were in the same denomination. Um, I was Southern Baptist. I was serving in a non-Southern Baptist church, but I was very Southern Baptist. There was a Church of Christ. There was a non-denominational. And then there was one more. I want to say he was charismatic. We had a lot of under-the-table issues um that we disagreed on um but then for the most part all of our on top of the table issues salvation is through faith alone right grace through faith um are above the table issues we all we all could play ball for that team and so we worked very well together and treated our community like one big youth group rather than, okay, these kids are mine. Don't ever talk to them. And those kids are yours and I'm going to steal them. Instead, we brought our youth groups together quite a bit. Um, and with the help of a couple other organizations, like we were constantly doing things to reach across the aisle. Um, and realistically, if you'd probably let the four or five of us run the, the U.S. government, things would run a lot better. Um, more, more people might know Jesus, but I digress. But I think we were able to find that oneness and that unity because we recognized that we didn't agree on everything. But the major things, the things that were important, we agreed on and we worked together with. Um, and so that that created a unity. But I think we, like you said, we've developed these subsects, um, these 
these these minor denominations within the denomination that has really just set us up for failure. Well, yeah, and because, I, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, uh, you see it with church splits all the time. Yeah, and if we go back to to the Psalm, to Psalm one thirty three, right? The imagery that David's using is incredibly vivid, right? And and so you know he goes on that it's like the precious oil running down the beard of Aaron. And that oil, right, that oil is symbolic. It symbolizes consecration and, and blessing and, and beards. Aaron's beard, particularly in biblical times, represented a man's honor and identity. Well, I mean, Spurgeon said it himself. The the holiest thing a man can do is to grow a beard. Right. But and so, my, man, my man had a beard. So un- unity isn't just a nice idea it's not a just a nice sentiment right it's a unity should be a it, it, it's a consecrating force that anoints the entire community and i Absolutely. think that's what we're we're missing so how do we how do we get there i don't know are we trying to solve unity or suss out this psalm why not both <laughs> Uh, I think the only thing that could create this unity again is the Holy Spirit. I mean, we're just such a, we're just such a, a torn up society over so many things. I, I think the big problem is because the church, regardless of tribes, right? Uh, you you have you have progressive Christians who are completely anti-Christian nationalists because they think all Christian nationalists are MAGA hat wearing, Fox News watching, you know, Cretans. But yet they're, which isn't true, but they're, they're doing the same thing just from a different, from a different side. You know, they're oh, bringing, now you can't tell they're them bringing, that, they're bringing politics in. The church has allowed culture into the building, right? We've acquiesced the culture and that's really where this unity, the, the issue of unity comes in because, you know, if you. If you're, if you're, so, you know, in a lot of cases, right, if you're a church and you're singing hymns and you're traditionally uh, orthodox and you're, you know, you're a conservative Christian, you're preaching uh, expository through books of the Bible, people are going to tell you, you're never going to grow. You're not going to grow. Yet people, you know, at, at a slow pace, people are coming to my church. And I know churches in the area here who do the same thing and they grow and they have new people every week. So that's not the case. It's just, I think that we've splintered so much because we've acquiesced the culture that, you know, for the average non-believer who might be immersed in the world, they don't know where to go. They don't know what's right or wrong. They don't know what God's word is because they go the, you know, Pastor Joe down the street who's telling them, you know, it's all good. You be you. You know, it, there's no real sin. There's no real consequences. There's no day of judgment. There's no hell. And then you have somebody, you have me, who's telling you there is hell. Hell is hot. Hell is real. There are consequences to sin. And there is a day of judgment. So you better come to Jesus now. Like, what do you want to hear? If you're 24 years old, and you're straight out of college and you've been sleeping and living with your girlfriend and sleeping around and doing other stuff. What do you want to hear? Not the truth. No, you want to hear your truth. Right. And so, you know, pastor, Joe well, that's what, block, that's what, 
that's what society pushes you to. Well, just find your truth, Chad. So I, I think that the only way to get to unity, I think, within the church, within the noms and stuff like that. And, and you know, and, and we could talk about this on an episode. I've got a I've got a, a, a chart that I, I was I kind of had in my mind and actually got a physical chart from a mutual friend of ours about what levels I will play with other tribes. Mm-hmm. But oh, I want to see that. I'm curious. I'll send it to you. But but I think that I, we have to get back to orthodoxy. We have to get back to basics. I, I think that you can meet people where they are, but you cannot acquiesce the culture. You know, I, I, I serve a pretty, you know, uh, quasi not such poverty, but, you know, it's it's not a wealthy neighborhood where my church is. And I've really tried to be in the neighborhood. I've tried to frequent businesses in the neighborhood. I've tried to be seen in the neighborhood. Like I switched my barber. I, I switched my coffee shop, stuff like that. So I could be in the neighborhood and, and talk to these people and, and, and see folks. But I'm the guy at the coffee shop knows what I do. And it freaks him out that I come there and we talk about things, but I'm not going to tell him everything he does is okay. And, and just to get him to come to my church. Right. I'm going to give him the truth. And, you know, a lot of the push that you hear is you need to just put all those things aside and you need to let them be. And so you can you can have you can let them live in their sin. And and it's not up to us. Right. But I mean, you you just you never tell them that they're living in sin. You just tell them the one side of the equation that God loves them and God is love. And then that's it. And you never tell them that God doesn't want them to sit in sin because God hates it. If I don't tell you that, I sent you on a fast track to hell. Absolutely. But I do think that when you go to in, in back to this to the psalm, right? Uh, David continues with his imagery of of the dew on Mount Hermon, that's descending on the mountains of Zion. And, and if you know anything about the geography, Mount Hermon was this um, massive snow capped mountain, and mm-hmm. Zion was where Jerusalem, the city of God, was situated. And the dew is life-giving moisture. And, and I think what David's painting here is a picture of, of blessings flowing down from this huge mountain, right? It's a, it's a metaphor for the blessings flowing down from the heights of God's presence to the community below. Well, and if you, if you look, there's, you know, it, it's an impressive flow of oil. Right, if it's gonna run from your beard down your garment, and then you're gonna you're gonna again reiterate that with the dew coming down from the mountain, which, um, you know, out where you live, you have the the Rocky Mountains, and when the when the snow covers it, it's an impressive sight, especially for some country bumpkin like me who. I've been to Denver a handful of times, but I think the first time I really saw the mountains was the last time I was out there with you. When I took you to Buffalo Bill's grave? Yeah, when we went to Buffalo Bill's grave. Um, for a date? But it, yeah, for, for a mandate. Because why? Who, where else do you go on a mandate but some dude's grave? Um, but I, that's neither here, here nor there. Who may or may not be um, in there because it's believed he's not yeah, in Yeah, I was there. about to say, there's, that his body got there's stolen a decent and- chance he's not. Got taken to Cody, Wyoming. <laughs> Again, dumpster fire. But like, that's an impressive sight when you see the snow-covered Rockies for the for the first time. Like, 
it is a beautifully impressive sight. And I think that's that's the imagery here. Like this mountain oh, yeah. is a beautifully impressive sight, probably a little little more beautiful in context. Right. Yeah. But when the dew starts running coming down from the mountains, from these this this snow covered hill in a landslide. There's my Stevie Nicks reference. Um you know, when that happens, like there's a lot coming down. The the blessing of that flowing through that is is major. Oh, absolutely, because it's this it's this wonderful picture of uh abundance, of refreshment, right? Because unity, I mean, in what we've been talking about before, and, and you know, we I, I mean, I don't think I'm 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 probably more of the problem of unity than than a uh, somebody who's trying to bring it together. Although I, I play with other tribes pretty frequently and, and lay down our secondary tertiary issues, but unity isn't just the absence of conflict. Right? No. It's, it's a condition where, to, like to you said, through. it's a condition where blessings flow abundantly. And so this, this picture, like you were saying, it's like God's, God's provision just pouring down that's sustaining and it's revitalizing his people. Well, Clark says uh, on this mountain, dew is very copious. The the Mon- Mr. Mondrell says that with this dew, even in dry weather, their tents were as wet as if it had rained the whole night. Mm. In uh, a- another gentleman, I- Mac- McLaren, mm-hmm. uh, says it refreshes the thirsty ground and quickens the vegeta- vegetation, um, falling gently. Uh, it and linking distant ones together by a mysterious chains transmitted for good, it will help to revive failing strength and refresh parched places. So all of that, yeah, it, it again, it just it leans toward everything working together to bring things closer together. Right? Yeah. It was a very. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it, it's it's an abundance. Like when we, you know, you look at the oil and, and you, you think of it, at least in my head, it's like a, it's like an ooze trail, right? Coming yeah. off. Um, but it, I, I think the the gravity of that isn't as clear as the the do reference on, on in this last set of verses. Mm. Because, you know, you think like even here, right? In, in the, the spring and the fall uh, when it's real dewy in the mornings, like the ground is pretty wet. Like Cedar goes out in the mornings and comes back and jumps on my bed to wake me up and she's cold and wet yeah. because she's out rolling around in the, and it didn't rain. Right. Like how much more, how much more is it in places where there's, you know, snow covered hills and everything where that, that moisture is seeping down. Like it, that's that's what we need to be looking for. And when we reach the climax of this psalm, right, that conclusion, that verse, for there the Lord has appointed the blessing, life forevermore. So, like, this harmony, right, unity among God's people, that's where, that's the place where, where, where God ordains his blessing, right? And, it, and it's not a temporary blessing, right? This verse tells us, it's definitely not a temporary blessing. It, it's life everlasting. It's life forevermore. 
And so, so I think when we talked about how do we fix this, right? Unity, unity that we have skin in the game, but it's not just a human effort, right? It's a unity is a divine appointment. Um, we're not going to get there. We're not going to get there without God, because when we, <laughs> when we dwell together in unity, like we will in heaven, but here on earth, when we dwell together in unity, it's, it's a reflection of the unity within the Godhead, right? It's, it's a reflection of the unity with the father, with the son, with the Holy spirit. And in this unity, that's where we'll find the source of eternal life. It's, you know, I think it's, it's switching to have a kingdom mindset to work with our brothers and sisters, as long as those sisters aren't preaching um, to work with our brothers and sisters and uh, you know, let's find the source of eternal life because unity is not just a good idea. It's a reflection of God's nature. Yeah. Not to, to keep hammering Spurgeon, but again, I, I think most everybody Spurgeon's understands our, our, our love of Spurgeon. Uh, he, he says when it comes to the end of this uh, and really to the whole Psalm, Oh, for more of a rare, or excuse me, oh, for more of this rare virtue, not the love which comes and goes, but the one which dwells, not the spirit which separates and secludes, but the one that dwells together, not that mind which is all for debate and difference, but that which dwells together in unity. And I think that that sums it up. Like we try so hard to divide. I go oh, to a absolutely. Baptist. I'd, I go to a Baptist church. No, I go to a Southern Baptist church. That's right. That's we're, uh, we're, that's that's true. True. I go to if you go to a go 1689 to, Baptist church, that's even better. Yeah. So then you then then you so I go. Not only do I just go to church, a, a Bible teaching church. I go to a Southern Baptist Bible teaching church, and then in that church, I go to a Sunday school class that isn't mixed with everybody. It's only people who look and think like me. Yeah, you know, I am in a a young adults. Actually, I'm, I don't even think we're, it's called couples for Christ. Um, I don't know that I would classify us as young adults. We're God, that really hurts my heart to know that I'm no longer considered a young adult. But anyway, but then we have classes for teenagers only, and we have classes for all the different kids groups, which I understand that. But why is it that we don't have intergenerational Sunday school? Why do we have to separate it to where we all look and think and act the same? Not why every, can't not every church does that though? Not every, but a good good majority of them. A good majority of them do because, you know, God forbid old man Bill and young whippersnapper Jimmy, who's just getting, who's just married and trying to, to figure life out, why, God, God forbid we put them in the same class. Yeah, when so in, all my, in my church, Jimmy saw... might need Bill a little more than we realize. Absolutely. In my church, we have three. Currently, we have three adults on this school classes. One is really segregated by that. It's just a ladies class that is mm -hmm. basically uh, the shadow government of my church. And they've been in that class forever. And my my vision is to uh, break that class up. But I'm not ready to die upon that hill of um, the other breaking two, news. The other breaking two classes, news church. <laughs> the other two classes are mixed. And the only difference between them is the curriculum they use and what they're teaching. 
but it's couples, it's single people, it's mixed ages. You know, there's now, no real now for Darwinism. some reason. If if someone from my church is listening, I'm not saying what we're doing is bad. And you know, again, every every Sunday school thing that I've been a part of has done this, and I get that not everybody can be in one giant Sunday school class. I just, you know, sometimes I wonder if there's a a, a better way to do what we're doing. I've seen it, the one giant Sunday school class. Yeah, it's called Sunday morning worship. No, I've seen a Sunday school. <laughs> I've seen a Sunday school before church. That was just one class. How? Okay. I mean, I did it at Prairie Park when I was in Indiana. We only had one class. Well, but you I've know, been but to- that's that's also the size of the church had a lot to do with that too. Sure. Yeah, I've seen a. I was at a church in Arkansas where Sunday school class are probably about. 40, 45 people, just one class. They met yeah, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. I, I, I guess I, I wish... That, I think that... tribalism and denominations are important because there are some who are completely off the rails and there are some things that, you know, hold us together, you know, to, to true orthodoxy. And we have our... We have our differences, right? Whether mode of baptism and whether we baptize infants and things like that, but those are those are definitely secondary, tertiary issues. Those are, you know, and I'm I'm at a point now where some of the secondary issues to me are primary issues, like letting these secondary issues go. Really, they've become primary issues, and so um, I'm probably a little more hyper fundamentalist on these things than you are. I don't know. There's some. I'm like I, I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a baby baptizer. Yeah. Um. But I don't know that I. I don't know if that's going to keep me from working. Um. And I. I definitely the sprinkling. That's not going to keep me from working with you. Um. Because I think at times it's okay to sprinkle. See, and um, I. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think that if it is. A physical ailment, but then you so now you're teetering a line that baptism that that baptism salvific. If you're no, if I'm you're not. if you have a physical ailment, you just don't have to get baptized. You get baptized in your heart. No, you, look, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. But I've also seen where it was very important to this person because they they said like Scripture says, repent, be saved, and baptized. Sure. Right. And he knew within his heart of hearts that he was okay, that he accepted Christ. He meant it. He, from that moment on, he could have, he could have kicked the bucket and he would have been okay. Right. But it was important for him to follow and, and, and do what, what was commanded. And so the, and the only way to do that for this gentleman was to sprinkle. And so, and I use the word sprinkle real loosely. I mean, I basically waterboarded him um, with a bucket, but I, I don't, I don't see where that was wrong for that situation. Yeah, and I, I had a few of those people in past ministries, and we just talked about it, and we chose, I chose, we chose not to be physically baptized because of the they were providentially hindered. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's okay. I, 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 at that point, it's a personal choice. I can't sprinkle. I'm not a sprinkler. Unless I move to Moscow, if I move to Moscow, Idaho, I, I might be convinced to be a, a sprinkler. But um... what's in Moscow, Idaho, Mother Russia? Some very solid Presbyterians. Oh, I know where you're going with that. I got you. I'm picking up what you're stepping in. <laughs> but I think that ultimately, right, we could lay down and say, yeah, you know, um, we could have the debate. And I think, you know, what we just squared away is it's a fine line then to, you know, is if you if you've been a credo baptist or you know full immersion and you're gonna sprinkle somebody or pedo baptism is that a fine line between you know that's a debate point of, of whether or not you're gonna start treading into the baptism is salvific area and so we could debate those things and and live to fight another day and not and still live in unity right that's mm -hmm. what that's how this is supposed to be because when we Right. When brothers and sisters, when followers of Christ live in that unity, I, I think we get we get to experience a taste of the eternal life that God has prepared for us when Jesus returns. Right. We get a small taste of it now. And and Psalm 133 is a wonderful meditation on the beauty of unity amongst God's people. Absolutely. And so I want to encourage you. Um, it's okay. You can, you can have worship-based prayer and you could pray through these Psalms and in a, in a good way uh, to pray through the Psalms are a great way to pray through all scripture, but a great way to pray through Psalms is you look in the Lord's prayers a really good model for it. And you start with reverence. And you just really go through those verses and you identify the, the attributes and characteristics of God's character, right? Um, you know, how good he is and, and how pleasant and, and holy he is. And you find the characteristics of God's character and you, uh, you just, you thank him for that. You, you pay reverence to him in that. And then you move to a time of response where, you know, or if you want to call it confession and you pray through these verses in a time of response where you surrender to the Lord and you surrender to his ways and you ask him for forgiveness and then you throw up your requests, right? Our, our prayer requests, but not just do the laundry list of prayers, just just things, just sit and, and ask the spirit to guide you on, on prayers for your your concerns and your finances and resources and, and, and ministries. And then you move to a time of readiness and ask the Lord um, to just make you ready for spiritual battle and what's going to happen and, and just sit um, with these verses and just, it, it, it's a, you know, maybe we could talk about this on a, another episode, maybe, maybe next episode I could, we can break this down and pray through it in that way. Um, but I think it's a really good format to really incorporate worship, right? Worship is not just for Sunday and we should be worshiping in everything we do. And you could worship your way through prayer. And it's a, it's a form of prayer that I've uh, we've started our call to worship. We pray through our call to worship every Sunday in worship. And so now our corporate prayer time for the call to worship is audible, 
right? People are calling out, they're calling out confessions. Uh, there's antiphonals, right? People are just saying, you know, if, if I say, you know, Lord, forgive me because, you know, I, I've been too prideful this week and I'm, I'm trying to go things my own way. And you'll hear a chorus of me too's, right? So people aren't afraid anymore to hide these things. And it's just been a beautiful, um, just a beautiful way to pray. That's my two cents. You're muted. I am muted. Lord, this, this dumpster fire today, it's, it's gotten me. No, I think praying through the Psalms is, is great. Um, I challenged my youth group um, not too long ago. Well, it's been over at least over a year, a year or two ago, probably to every morning read through a Psalm and then pray through it. Right. And you can go in order or you can just let the spirit move and figure out which Psalm you're going to read that day. Um, but there are so many, you know, the, the prayers of just complete or the, the Psalms of complete sorrow, the Psalms of joy, the Psalm of repentance. And there's just the, the Psalm of, Oh, look, the light bulb came off. Um, they're, they're there. Uh, and I, I think it's a, a great way to start your morning. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, put down your phone. Don't even pick up your phone. Um, pray. Pray to the Lord before you pick up your phone or do anything else. You might need that cup of coffee first. I'm, I'm okay with that, but um, don't touch anything else to you. Unless you're Andy, then you don't need that cup of coffee. No, because... I might need that cup of hot chocolate mixed with a cup of coffee because I am a child. <laughs> but I encourage you, if you're listening to this, take a look at Psalm 133. Um, it's an easy read. And and let it be a challenge, right? Soak in, meditate on God's word. It's three verses. Let it be a challenge and an encouragement to each and every one of us, right? To pursue and celebrate unity in our churches, in our families, in our communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want the last word, Andy? What's uh, What's been good for you? We started football again. Uh, the oldest made all-stars, so we are, we are full swing. Um, that's become a travel team. Didn't see that coming. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's a learning experience for both him because he's in with kids like the best of the best in this league. Um, 50 kids were nominated for it. They cut it down to 23. Um, and all these kids have played three and, four, three and four years already. And this is his first year. And this is my first season as a, a football dad. So, um, you know, it's a learning experience. And with all learning experiences, there's a curve and there's some – not always easy times, but if you look at it, you know, just like, like through this limbs, it's a, it's a blessing that you can come together. Like you can take this at, at, at a secular look too, which I don't always like to do, but it's a blessing to be a part of that team because there's a, there's a brotherhood within that team, right? Sure that that becomes a blessing in your life and then if you come at it from the right direction you can make a positive impact on those kids lives 
with your witness, whether it is my oldest son uh, and the way that he acts and, and treats people and, and lives his life or through me helping coach that could really kind of help point these kids to Jesus. Um, and so and you see the same thing with, with coworkers at work. Um, it's, it's a blessing to, to have them. Um, I've been blessed to have a group of about three guys and a lady that I, you know, trust emphatically and have been just a huge blessing in my life since moving to Owensboro. Mm. Right. I was, I moved here without a job. There was, I didn't have a church. I was beyond nervous as to how I was going to help support my family and how I was going to, um, just find and meet people because for somebody who is as shy and as backward as I am, I, I, I have to have that community. Right. Right. And, right. uh, uh, you know, I, I knew that God would provide something and he has, you know, this, this community that I've built within the DOC here in Owensboro, um, has been an amazing blessing to my life. Um, and, and likewise, I think that, that I've helped out in some areas that, have really helped other people. And so, you know, unity is, is huge uh, within your life. And as long as you can continually promote unity instead of uh, being that person who's trying to break everything down, I, I think that says a lot. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with that. Also, that's, that's a good word. Also, and I think I'm going to say this. I'm I'm going to let you dismiss or say goodbye or whatever we do on this show. Uh, two things. One, again, check out our boy at St. Gagano Armory. Absolutely. Um, check him out on the social media at St. Gagano. Check out his website. Check out. Uh, he's, he's gearing up for a knife show that's coming up early next year. Um, I think uh, I'm definitely going to go and, and set it a stand and, and, and try to help out as much as I can. Oh, there's um, uh, in the works. We might re- be recording episodes from the table. Episodes from the table. We just got to get some approval. No, nope, um, I got it. Oh, did you? Oh, I've spoke to that boy. Well, I got thanks it. For, thanks for telling me. Where's our unity, Chad? I'm wheeling, I'm wheeling and dealing. I thought uh, you don't read the group. It's in the group chat. Oh, well, that's on me then. That's not on you. That's totally on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but the other, this is so, you know, again, check out St. Gagano and the awesome work that he's doing. Uh, the other thing I'm going to say is my rally call that I think, uh, can bring the majority of the nation together. If they would just listen and realize that they agree with me. Don't do it. I don't think you know what I'm going to do. Oh, I so know what you're going to (laughs) do. From the bottom of my heart, I stand before God and man and say this with regards to the World Series this year. Oh, it's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, anybody but Philly. Well, we'll just, we'll just say the, Ranger, the Rangers have God Philly. on their side. So the Rangers are God's team. So the Rangers are going to take the World Series. And that is not Philly, and Andy approves. 
Well, don't forget to check us out on on Twitter or X at Hill Hipster Pod. Um, you could email us hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. It's been a minute and I almost forgot what these handles were. Uh, do check out uh, St. Galgano Armory on social media at St. Galgano. And you can check out their fine blacksmith merchandise and now apparel, apparel. at stgalganoarmory.etsy.com. And so I'll leave you with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you in unity. God, God bless you. And I'll just, if not a Christian nation, then whose nation? Stoke in the fire. Where's the record button to stop it? <laughs>